What's your name, son? Han. Han what? Han Solo. What about Han? Han Solo. Solo. Han Solo. Han. Solo. Han Solo. Han Solo. Han Solo. Well, take care of yourself, Han. Han Solo. Han, get up here. Han Solo. Han Solo. Han Solo. Han Solo. Han Solo. We'll find Han. Han Solo. Hi, Han. Han Solo. Where's Han? Han Solo. Captain William Han. Han Solo. That's okay. Episode number 171 of Blast Points is Jason. This is Gabe. I cannot believe it has been one year since Solo came out. That's that wacky. Does it seem like a year to you? No, not really. It seems like it's just a couple months ago was watching it in the theaters. And then maybe a few weeks ago, the DVD came out or the Blu-ray came out. Yeah, it was a celebration. It's like going through a time warp. <laughs> it's a nice thing with Star Wars Celebration, though, that it like, it really breaks up your year because there's like pre-celebration and post-celebration. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker has been uh, rattling our brains enough that we didn't realize it's been a whole year since Solo. Yeah, and this December it'll be two years since The Last Jedi. And yeah, I'm sure people <laughs> st- still be mad about it. Yeah, because it still feels like I was just seeing Last Jedi just a few months ago in the theater. It's it's because it's never stopped playing in our heads. I think it's that's that's part of the problem. I think so. Well, coming up later, we're going to be talking all about Solo one year later. What's going on with Solo one year later? How is it holding up? How are we feeling about it? But first, this mysterious, untitled Star Wars madness. What? What's happening? It's still going on. Nobody still knows what's happening. What's happening? 
Ryan Johnson will create a brand new Star Wars trilogy, the first film of which he will write and direct with longtime collaborator Ron Bergman producing. The new trilogy is separate from the episodic Skywalker saga and will introduce new characters from a corner of the galaxy Star Wars lore has never explored. The creators of the Game of Thrones television series, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, will write and produce a new series of Star Wars films. The new films will be separate from both the Skywalker saga and Ryan Johnson's recently announced trilogy. We only know enough to get ourselves into trouble, which is, I think, how they like it. They want us to know just enough to run around in circles and argue about stuff. Well, I think, like, so the day that the the Carrie Fisher-George Lucas episode came out, like, that day, what was it, Bob Iger was on the Moffat Nathanson Media and Communication Summit because, he, you know, he lives an exciting life, you know, Disney CEO. And he was there and he was saying that the, the untitled Star Wars movies will be kicked off with something from those Game of Thrones weirdos, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. And they're handling at least the, the 2022 film. And then he said, that's about it. The the next movie we will re- release will be theirs. We're not saying anything more about that. He later went on to say that as for uh, television, Iger said that there's likely to be at least one more Star Wars series for Disney Plus in addition to Jon Favreau's The Mandalorian, which comes out this November, which is terrifying to think about. And Stephen Schiff's Cassian Andor K2SO series, which uh, people believe is going to come out in 2020. I thought they were starting to film it in 2020. I think you're right. Or no, we don't know when it comes out. We know when it starts filming. We don't really know anything is, is what we really know. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nobody knows anything. Iger went on to say that as for the three-year hiatus following the rise of Skywalker, it's part of a big plan to figure out what's next. He was quoted as saying, we're hard at work on doing that already. Three years is the proper amount of time to not only take a breather, but to gear up for the next film's release. Which, once the news that those Game of Thrones weirdos are doing the next Star Wars movie, mass hysteria broke out. Ryan Johnson's movies are canceled. Didn't you hear? Someone actually came up to me at work and he's like, did you hear? They got rid of the Ryan Johnson movies. It's like, Where? Where? And I did a Google search and I didn't see anything except for YouTube. I was like, YouTube says that, but that doesn't count. He's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's like, no. I would build, a, you know, like those those cardboard bricks that were around in like the 80s. I would order a bunch of those on Amazon and build a wall around myself. Be like, you, this is my wall where you can't talk to me anymore. But that kind of business. I probably should. <laughs> I think Ryan Johnson needs to start his own website. But he had a website of like his photographs. He needs to take all that down, unfortunately, and just have a, a daily thing that says it's not canceled and people can just click on it. Well, he can just have a website and when you click on it and if the screen is green, he's still making the movie. If the screen is red, then he's done with it and it's not going to happen. <laughs> if it's green, it's clean. It's clean. If it's red, it's dead. Yeah. Well, and then you were bringing up the 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 real meat of this is that everyone's assuming that they announced three movies and that the Game of Thrones guys are going to do a trilogy, but 
they never said they were doing a trilogy, right? They announced way back when that they were doing a series of films, right? A series, yes. Which, you know, that was a year ago or something almost now, I think. I mean, it was over a year ago. It was, I want to say it was like February, maybe. You know, there was a time that Colin Trevorrow's Episode Nine was coming out this week, and there was going to be a Boba Fett movie, and uh, <laughs> things change quite a bit. It's best not to hold on to words that are said too preciously. Yeah, this this Lucasfilm Star Wars land is a is a mysterious place of mysteries and whispers things change but it's kind of interesting with them because maybe they're gonna do one movie and then do a sequel to that movie later it doesn't necessarily have to be the next movie or they could do a movie and then the sequel could be a tv show because that's kind of what they wanted to do with game of thrones in reverse right is they wanted the last season to be theatrical movies or it's like the clone wars movie where the clone wars movie was the the first couple episodes of the TV show, that would be an interesting way to do something where it's not a, it's not like putting a movie on Disney plus you get a a real theatrical star Wars movie, but then the story continues in a live action TV show or something. Who knows what they're going to do? Yeah. We like, we don't know anything. Like there was the, the rumors that they were working together or something like they work quickly. They're used to working quickly. They're used to finishing that show and putting it in turnaround, and it's on HBO much quicker than the process for a feature film. So maybe they're like ready to go quicker, and maybe whatever, maybe they're just doing one movie, and whatever they're doing will inform whatever's going to happen with Ryan Johnson eventually. Like, again, we don't know anything. There's a bigger picture in the works here, and nobody needs to panic, nobody needs to freak out. <laughs> It's all going to be fine. Well, there's plenty of time to freak out once you actually know what's going on, either for good or bad. Save all that energy until you actually know what's happening. We got the Rise of Skywalker coming. Focus your freak out on that. Yeah. Well, in a month before that, we have Mandalorian, which has IG-11 droids doing twirls and shooting and Warner Herzog with a medallion. So there's there's an... The fob. Yeah. Go get the fob. There's plenty of stuff to occupy your mind. There's already too much stuff to occupy your mind for the next nine months. I think about that Mandalorian stuff sometimes. Like it was a dream. Like did I did I really see that? Did that really happen? Was there a, like a a bug eyed droid flying a ship and a guy with a with a laser rocket on his shoulder? Like <laughs> did the Mandalorian really use a grappling hook to do a Scorpion Mortal Kombat move and uppercut a guy. I I think he did. Maybe <laughs> there's there's secrets around every corner here, and yeah, the future untitled Star Wars movies. There's just yeah, it's it's like Kevin Bacon in Animal House, and people are running down the street. Remain calm. Well, here's another idea, too. Let's say these Game of Thrones weirdos, let's say they are doing a series of films. And let's say that these three untitled Star Wars movies that were announced like a couple weeks ago or whatever 
are there the these weirdos movies? What if whatever Ryan Johnson was planned has been or could be expanded into whatever this new third series for Disney Plus that Iger announced on the same day? How would you feel if instead of doing a trilogy of films, if let's say each part of that trilogy, Ryan Johnson was able to expand into like a 10 episode series? I would be fine with whatever format we get new Ryan Johnson Star Wars from. It could be like just tops wide vision trading cards <laughs> that you buy and you have to get all the trading cards to figure out the story. I would be fine with that. So yeah, if he wanted to do a TV show, maybe he wants to do a show. Like I think that's what's so cool now with, with Disney plus and Netflix and just the fact that TV's not necessarily a, a step down from doing theatrical stuff that it's probably exciting for a lot of people to have to tell it, you know, 20 or 30 hour long story instead of trying to cram it into six or eight or nine hours if you're just making three movies. So, yeah, I would be totally on board with that. If Ryan Johnson, if that's the way he wants to tell his story, let's do it. As long as whatever he has in mind, yeah, for Ryan Johnson, Star Wars whatever he has in mind that gets told in one way or another. Great. And you know, even in a way like that's almost kind of appealing because then it's like, if you don't want to watch it, then you don't have to. And it's not the main event in the movie theaters that gets all the attention. And well, that's like, I was just thinking too, it's, it's, I mean, the Mandalorian seems to be kind of proof of this, that, and especially the animated shows, like you can get extra wild and weird and crazy on TV more so than in the movie, because it's not the pressure is not there that this is the star Wars movie in the theater this year. And it's gotta be, everybody's gotta love it where on TV you can have the Bendu show up and have a giant moose man that summons lightning (laughs) (laughs) turns into a cloud. If Ryan, yeah. If we get uh, space nuns and naked contest winning aliens and, uh, in spas in canto bite getting chased by horses like yeah if if we have to get disney plus shows to get that stuff then that's totally fine with me if bob Iger does a conference call next week with the ruru and the fufu investment corp or something and he says that ryan johnson's story will be told on disney plus via finger puppets I'm fine with that. Whatever way we can get it. Well, maybe, you know, he was so inspired by Starstruck that uh, he wanted to do something something on television. Maybe he's doing his own take on the Space Diner. Bob Iger is going to the next Disney conference call. And coming in 2021, Ryan Johnson's back in Star Wars with an apple pie rest stop in space. It's Disney's next major acquisition. All the rights to Starstruck. Well, and there's, I mean, Knives Out comes out in, looks like the end of November. So they don't want to step on his movie by hyping up future Star Wars movies. So maybe we'll find out more about what his Star Wars stuff is towards towards the end of the year. He'll be out doing press and uh, uh, it's, the question's going to come up. <laughs> Maybe once or twice. Future Star Wars is good. Everybody, it's going to be good. It's gonna be, we're getting a Cassie Nandor K2SO TV show. Come on. I don't think it's going. Star Wars isn't going anywhere. It's going to be all right. Yeah. 
And don't forget, we have four more Avatar movies, so come on. <laughs> Solo and other action figures each sold separately. Out not check the carbon freezing chamber. Ready, sir. Why did you do it? The Empire tricked me, Han. I had no choice. Prepare for freezing. Long live the Alliance. Goodbye, my friend. Lando Calrissian and new Han Solo, Ugnaught, and Lobot action figures each sold separately from Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Collection from Kenner. Solo. One year later, here we are. Solo's legacy, Solo's history, Solo's place in the history of Star Wars movies. I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't think we'll be able to really fairly judge Solo's place in like Star Wars movie history and how it fits in with everything. I don't think for maybe when we get to the ten year anniversary of Solo, we'll be able to look at that once. Once we move away from the box office thing that still kind of haunts that movie, which we've said before, it was not a box office failure. It just <laughs> wasn't in the billion dollar range, but it was still in the multi, multi, multi million dollar. <laughs> yeah, it was only in the hundreds and hundreds of millions range. But yeah, it's it, it kind of goes back to when we were revisiting Rogue One, how at the time it seemed like Rogue One and Solo were going to be like the future of star wars movies and now in hindsight it's kind of like they may have just been this little experiment that may or may not continue and more so looking like it's not going to continue or if it does it's going to be a different kind of thing and since rogue one is a little more specifically tied into the events of the actual Skywalker saga movies it makes solo seem even more like its own little thing I still kind of feel like it's like the new version of the Ewok movies in a way where it's like it's in universe it's this other story kind of in universe that's similar but different than the other movies I I, I feel bad for solo too because like when I'm like at home and if I want to put on a Star Wars movie you know like I have them all available on there and I'm like I'll go to the last Jedi or even Rogue One, or even one of the prequels, or one of the original movies. And it's just like, eh, I don't need to put on Solo. Which I feel bad. I really feel bad. like Because I really liked that movie. But it's... And I've, I've, there's parts of it that I absolutely love. And there's like... But it's 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 a legacy. I, like, I remember when we did our review episode. And you said that it's very true. That the opposite is true for me. That when this, when a new Star Wars movie comes out, I tend to freak out and then over time I will calm down about it. (laughs) And sometimes the, the, that calm never happens. I think for force awakens and last Jedi, the level I was when I walked out of the theater is still the level I'm at for, for both of those movies and for rogue one. But I I feel like, so not that I don't like solo at all, but I feel like my interest in solo has kind of where, where for force awakens and last Jedi, it's been a straight line. Solo, I just don't watch as much. Yeah, I kind of have the same thing. It's weird. It's like there's a bunch of parts, yeah, that I really, really like. But as a movie start to finish, it just doesn't 
it's like it doesn't draw me in or it's not like like I think about some of the movies you put in and it's like, okay, I'm just going to wait till this next part. And then the next part comes like, okay, well, I'm here. I got to wait for the next part. And next thing you know, you watch the whole movie where this one just doesn't quite grab me that way. But some of it I think we talked about in the review too, which the interesting thing with Solo, and it doesn't make it a better or worse movie, but it is very different from all the other Star Wars movies because it stays with Han the whole movie and it never jumps around to like the Empire's storyline or another like when dryden doesn't have his own storyline really it's like you really only see dryden and his crew when they're interacting with the main characters as opposed to even rogue one there's like krennic has his whole kind of story going independent of the rebel people which kind of makes it it feels like a different kind of movie than a star wars movie in a way even though it's jam-packed with star wars stuff and I think part of the thing too, it's like like I was saying, how I don't think we'll be able to really evaluate this movie until way later. It's, for, I think for us and for a lot of fans, it just got completely overshadowed by the juggernaut that was the Last Jedi. You know, so so much of entertainment today, TV and movies and everything, you read about it all the time, and it's like everything. You know, it's disposable entertainment. You know, one movie comes out. One week, and then by the next week, nobody cares about that movie that came out last week. Where everybody's on to the next thing, and what's next, and what's the next thing coming out? But Star Wars can't be like that. Star Wars, it's like for Star Wars to work, it has to be an event, a moment. And Star Wars is not disposable. The story should not be disposable. The story should be these things that we talk about for the rest of our lives, you know? Right. It's like a big, a big giant meal that takes you a couple days to digest. You don't need to eat for a few days afterwards. And maybe that's why Star Wars makes so much sense, like around December and the holidays, because the holidays are events and you can be like, remember Christmas two years ago when this and this happened and people are like, Oh yeah, totally. Because it's an event. When solo coming out, you know, just six months after, you know, a seismic charge <laughs> that was Last Jedi that people still weren't done talking about by May of last year. It just, it was kind of like, oh, okay, another Star Wars movie. Oh, and it's, you know, Han, and it feels a little different. And it's, it's cool, it's fun, it's awesome, it's great, but it just wasn't able to grab people the way like a Star Wars movie kind of should. Does that make any sense? Yeah, we weren't. And I think a lot of people, I mean, people who were really into Last Jedi, we weren't done with Last Jedi when Solo came out. We were still thinking about it. We're still talking about it. We would probably still be going to see it in the theater if it wouldn't have been out on Blu-ray at that point. It's it's almost like you need your your grieving time to let it to let it pass and move on before you can get excited about the new movie because yeah, it was it was hard to even think about Solo when you were just still focused on Last Jedi. And the two those two movies are so different that it's hard to I think watch them both at the same time with the same mindset, I guess. If that makes any sense at all. It was. It was like it was a it was a hard adjustment to move into the old-fashioned kind of adventure serial fun of solo after <laughs> the first class beating that was the, <laughs> the last Jedi. Yeah. And it's, 
you know, I think we'll always wonder if Solo came out the next Christmas or even even like Thanksgiving or something, like just to, with a little bit of time to have a breather in between them. A good comparison is the Marvel movies kind of get away with that because it's all the same story. And even if you go from like a huge Avengers movie to like a little movie like Ant-Man, it's still a continuation of that story. And with Solo really having absolutely nothing to do with The Last Jedi makes it, I think, a little even harder to maybe go from one to the other because you're all of a sudden jumping 50 years back in time. It'll be interesting how more time treats Solo. It's Because, yeah, we're, we're still in the after effects of The Last Jedi. I mean, look at like the absolute insane freak out to the Rise of Skywalker teaser trailer and just Palpatine laughing at the end. Seriously, I felt like I was going to die of a heart attack. And I was thinking, like, I never had that kind of reaction to the Solo trailer. And maybe that's a lesson that, like, yeah, Star Wars should be huge. And Star Wars should make us feel like we're going to pass out. Maybe Solo should have been better suited as something on Disney+. And maybe in the future something like that would. You know, what are these the lessons that were learned kind of from Solo? That's a good point, because, yeah, Solo never was meant to be this huge epic thing that we associate with the Star Wars movie. And that's one of the the good things about it, whether whether you think it worked or not, is it did take a lot of risk. And it was very different in the format. I mean, the cinematography was very different. The tone was very different in places. It did get a little wackier than than maybe we're used to. But it did take some chances. Which I, you know, still think this, even the big, crazy, gigantic event Star Wars movies, they should, all of them should take chances. But if it had come out last December or last, like you said, last November, or even like October or something weird, how would we have looked at it differently? Who knows? But on the other hand, like you're bringing up, maybe it would, it, it should have came out next year after. <laughs> The sky after the conclusion of the Skywalker saga, when that story is kind of at some sort of closure, and then our minds are ready to go watch this fun little side story as we wait for this new run of whatever the future movies are. Because I, I think that's I, the more I think about that, that maybe is the biggest thing that, like, going back with the original three movies of the prequels, it was like we would spend three years just anticipating that next movie and thinking about what's going to happen and talking about it and trying to predict what was going to happen. Like there was, we could fill three years with just thinking about the previous movie and what's the next movie going to be with the new movies. I mean, even with rogue one, it was like, we almost didn't need it. There was enough force awakens wave to ride two years into last Jedi and enough last Jedi wave to ride into rise of Skywalker. So maybe they maybe they did learn that lesson, and that's with the next round of movies, just you know, only planning one every two years. Which also, you know, like we were talking about at the top of the episode, it it makes me wonder what the Game of Thrones weirdos what if it is just one movie, or if they are doing a series. I don't know. Is it something that will inform what Ryan Johnson's doing? I don't know. Like, what are the lessons from Solo? How is that going to reflect what comes after Rise of Skywalker? I don't know. We'll wait and see.
Okay, so looking back, what are some of our favorite moments from Solo? One year later, what are the moments that still resonate with us? Because there's there's a lot. I don't know. Wait, what do you, maybe if we pick three, each of us? Sure. That's easy. <laughs> Go ahead. What's one of your... What's one of your top three solo moments one year later? I never get tired of Lady Proxima. Lady Proxima, I was not expecting. Lady Proxima is, that's my kind of Star Wars. It's a giant puppet with a goofy voice. It really kind of, and it's right at the beginning of the movie. They didn't, they're like letting you know there's some crazy stuff coming. I mean, yeah, I will never not love you, Lady Proxima. And my coaxium. <laughs> well... What happened? Remember the silo. The best. It's the best. I was thinking of celebration. We saw no late Lady Proxima cosplay. <sighs> yeah, I'm still waiting for the for the uh, the giant Lady Proxima action figure you can play with in the bathtub. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. If it would have just been a few months later or something, yeah, it could get a lady. Remember the ha- hashtag. Remember the silo T-shirt. A bumper sticker. Hashtag remember the silo. Where's the Lady Proxima t-shirt that just says remember the silo on it? Right? I should have been able I should have been able to get that at Target. Lady Proxima pencil sharpener on sale at the celebration store. You know, like we got we we got some ideas here. All right. So what's one of your one of your top three? I am going to go with when I okay, so I love all the train heist, but the the train heist kicks it up to the next level as soon as Enfys Nest and the Cloud Riders show up. That, I love every single second of that. Like, I love the whole train heist, but yeah, when they show up, just those shots of just Enfys Nest, like, just filling the whole screen. And, like, when, was it Weasel or whoever's riding shotgun with Enfys Nest, when he stands up on the back of the swoop bike to to jump on uh, Rio's, their their dropship thing. That's all gold, gold, gold. I could watch it all day long. I think, I, I think I've, on the Blu-ray, I think I've watched that scene and then gone back to the beginning of the chapter and watched it again. Just I'm just like, this is all I want to watch. I think that's a good point to bring up, though, that even if Solo fades into obscurity in the future and no one even talks about it, it was worth existing just for giving us emphasis nest because i could see 30 years from now when we're all watching hologram tv they're gonna make the emphasis nest tv show if they don't make it sooner than that because it's like everybody loved boba fett from his one little scene in empire but i think emphasis nest fever has hit and i don't see it going away anytime soon and rightly so Enough. I was thinking about that, like you said, it faded fade into obscurity. Like I could see in 20, 30 years when someone's getting into Star Wars and they're watching it all on you know, a hologram crystal or something, or when you know, when Disney Plus is a, a crystal that projects into your brain or something. You know, watching the nine part saga films. But then the fact that Solo will be out there, like somebody can just watch it as this weird little Han Solo backstory movie without any of the the pressure or the expectation or how much money did it make. Like 
I think we said like right after Solo came out, when I was a little kid, I thought the Sam J. Jones Flash Gordon movie was the greatest thing I ever saw in my life. I didn't care that I think that movie actually was a box office failure or <laughs> anything because I grew up thinking that movie was like the Citizen Kane of major motion pictures. Well, that's good. Yeah, nobody nobody really cares how much movie makes. Kids don't care. People don't care. And the now that we live in the future, Disney there's going to be Disney Plus forever probably, and it's always going to have Solo on it. So there's always going to be some kid somewhere who just wants to watch a space movie, and they're going to come across Solo, and they're going to probably love it because it's got Lady Proxima in it. <laughs> it's got Enfys Nest. In a train heist where a mountain explodes. <laughs> All right. What's your next favorite moment? Dryden's uh, monkey men, motorcycle helmet security guards. I absolutely love those guys. I love their goofy voice. I love their costume. I was thinking about it today. I don't know how we live in a world where they didn't make an action figure for them. For you to have your little army of monkey men, motorcycle helmet guards. But those guys are the best. The, again, it's like the Lady Proxima thing. The fact that we have not gotten even a three and three quarter action figure, five points of articulation of Dryden's Monkey Man with a walkie talkie and a blaster and an empty coaxium thing. <laughs> yeah, the guy's name was Amon. Amon Grem. The, his race is the Hylobans. So maybe we're not done seeing Hylobans. In Star Wars Saga, I, I would think that maybe a Hylobon could show up in The Mandalorian or something as like a thug or an enforcer or something. Maybe they have the same cool voice. It's empty. It's like their voice was like a bad guy from like a droids cartoon. Talking about them kind of reminds me of I think the biggest my biggest frustration with Solo is there's so much stuff in Solo that I absolutely love to death. But it's just only in there for such a short amount. Like, I want more of so much of what was in Solo. And it's just like, it's such a tease every time I watch it. Just such a, just get a taste of all this stuff. And then it's over. Well, you know, when I think about that, like, when I think about just the fact that we've seen Billy D. Williams in The Rise of Skywalker wearing a very young Lando like yellow shirt and flying the Falcon again and kind of how awesome that makes me feel thinking that there's going to be something in the rise of Skywalker tying it back to what we saw in solo. And like we said all the time, if there is even the smallest, tiniest shout out to L three, three seven, the fact that she's still part of the Falcon, like how freaking, I mean, the audience is going to break out in applause and go nuts. And that'll be a really cool feeling. Yeah, because I give me an L337 show. Just her. All right. My, my next favorite moment. Yeah, once you start going through it, there's so much good stuff. But I'm going to go the everything at the party in Dryden's Yacht. And I'm talking about as soon as they walk in and the, the alien lady that takes their coats, the singing frogman, the song, the the little gremlin eating snacks, the the imperial dudes that are hanging out there, all of it. Chewbacca with pudding on his face. Dryden Voss shaking hands with Chewbacca. I love 
that whole scene, I love it. It's weird, it's Star Wars, and it's gold. I love it. Yeah, so my third favorite thing has got to be the um, when they get to Kessel, just the droid riot in the control room full of goofy droids. And maybe you can see there's a there's a running theme here that I think when Solo gets the goofiest is I think when I like it the most. But just, yeah, all the little droids going crazy, L3 leading the revolt. It's just kind of a droid and creature fest for a minute there. I rewatched Solo not too long ago uh, on, a, on an airplane flight. And all of that part was so good. And then it's so good when that part gets to Sagwa again. Because our feelings on Sagwa are no secret. but And they're also no joke. Because when Sagwa comes on, and when he's helping Chewie get the stuff on the Falcon, and then I love that whole part at the end of the droid riot where Sagwa is like, hey, Chewbacca, come with us, strong Wookiee. And Chewbacca's like, no, I'm staying with these people. And they share their moment together. Oh, God, I love that. And I don't know if you noticed the last time you watch it, but this time I was happy to see, or the last time I watched it, that when they are coming out of the cave at the end of the riot, if you look on the left, there is one of the blonde Wookiees on screen. Our eyes weren't ready for the blonde Wookiee. Because there's also, there's, there's a Moroff running around in there too and your eyes kind of naturally go to the moroff like, oh that's another that's another moroff it's more moroff well i would pick from my last major love moment from solo the whole opening on corellia all of it from proxima and especially the car chase i said it right after we we saw it and we recorded our solo episode that is that car chase on Corellia, I think is in my top 10 favorite Star Wars moments from all the films. We can get our own ship. See the galaxy, all of it. We won't have to take orders or be kicked around by anyone. Ever. All that stuff. I love the camera zipping around. I love the chips. Biker Scout guy chasing after him. Moloch in his big car. Space dogs. Big, big fan of the whole Escape from Corellia scene. I think that scene is awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of great moments. There's a lot of great new characters. It is one of those things. There's so much stuff introduced in Solo. It would be a shame for that stuff not to get carried into other stuff and whether that even if it's not a continuation of the story with solo if it's even you know if there are ever more stories in that time frame to get another story with beckett and val and rio or another story with just corellia street racing it was a hard adjustment after last jedi just because it was like a lot of new characters and new time and new scenario and and i think because like so many of our so much of our time with these characters was so brief and they were new i think no matter what people thought of solo whether you loved it didn't care for it or just indifferent everyone i think would agree that we'd all like to see more about these characters or more about young han 
like where he went after the events of the solo movie when he went to Tatooine. Like, I don't know if we'll ever get these stories. I know there's still like people like maybe one of the unannounced Star Wars movies is solo too. And it's <laughs> there could be a greater chance of an animated thing happening, maybe, but I think everyone would like to see more of these characters though. Yeah. Well, and with Disney Plus, I think that's everyone's hope is that Solo the movie feels like a bunch of Solo the TV show episodes put together and give us more Solo the TV show episodes on Disney Plus with Kira and Maul and Han and Lando and Chewie and Enfys Nest and Ron Howard's brother. (laughs) He's never had it so good. He's still alive. Yeah, I know the the solo novelization hinted at uh, Enfys knowing Saw Gerrera, and there's there's a lot of further connections that could be made by taking the the a lot of the new characters we met in Solo and putting them into the the universe that the the bigger universe out there. So who knows what the future holds for for Solo and how to fit in? Well, and hope yeah, I mean, hopefully. They planted a lot of seeds that hopefully will get to grow in some form, whether it's a big theatrical tree or a tiny television tree or a little comic book bonsai tree, as as long as they get to grow in some form. Bob Iger-sponsored finger puppet show at at Celebration Anaheim. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Solo 2 told in Finger Puppets. With me, Bob Iger, doing all the voices. Hello, I'm Han Solo. 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 All his life, he only cared about one thing, himself. But now, the best hotshot pilot in the galaxy was playing babysitter to an old man, a green kid, two robots, and a princess. Han Solo really had his hands full. Han Solo is back. Star Wars is back. Star Wars. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. This is Captain Rex. You're listening to Jason and Gabe on Blast Points. All right, iTunes reviews. It is time. It's finally time for us to read some of the great reviews you folks have posted. We've got one from the United States, and then we've got some international ones. But let's start here. The U.S. Gabe, what is our first one? This is entitled One of the Best by Obi-Wan Cass. And they say, the world of Star Wars podcasts is crowded. And it takes a lot to stand out. Blast Points is top shelf podcasting goodness with great jokes, strong insights, and high production values. These guys know how to love the saga, but not take it too seriously. Subscribe. Thank you, Obi-Wan Cass. Yes, thank you. Okay, so this next one is from All the Way in Japan. It is titled Good Safe Fun for Everyone by M.L. Hope. Blast Points is knockout funny, covering topics from behind-the-scenes Star Wars lore to obscure franchise indulgences like the Droids and Ewoks animated series. Powerful, positive, and always entertaining. The Force is truly with hosts Jason and Gabe. Thanks. 
Thank you, ML Hope. We got to get back to Droids cartoons one day. I don't know if we'll ever get back to Ewoks cartoons, but <laughs> yeah, I think I, I'm I'm starting to get nostalgic for some Droids cartoons. Maybe, maybe just one. Let's watch one. All right, and we have Listen Just Once and You'll Be Hooked by Dahl. All the way from Australia. I first discovered Blast Points following a shout-out from the equally wonderful Sky Talkers podcast. Gabe and Jason's enthusiasm and joy for all things Star Wars is infectious. I find them to be extremely knowledgeable and very witty. Their podcast is highly entertaining, informative, and professional. Well, thank you, Dahl. And yeah. I'm glad the shout out from uh, Sky Talkers made your way over here, which if you haven't heard already, they put out an episode last weekend on Saturday, the big Phantom Menace episode that we're in, which you got to listen to. It's it's amazing. It's epic. It's incredible. We talk about tone poems. We talk about everything. All the good stuff. (laughs) Phantom Menace year is spreading. Okay. And the next one, we are going to Canada. With a review from Green Jedi 44 that is titled Your First Step into a Happier Fandom. This is still my first and only Star Wars podcast. Although the great Sky Talkers, once again, cross crossover makes me want to check that out as well. I've cut myself off from most online Star Wars fan pages in the same way Luke did with The Force and The Last Jedi. And yet Blast Points is the only place I can think of that is a haven for through and through fans who want to have a laugh, get nostalgic about everything Star Wars, and enjoy the deep blast door melting cuts that Jason Gabe bring to every episode. I consider myself a huge fan, and I still find new and fantastic things about Star Wars thanks to these two. Their family-friendly comedy and sound bites will make you cackle like salacious crumb. Thank you for this happy place every Tuesday. Now that I've powered my way through four months, I'm all caught up. Also, the Christmas album episode with Anthony Daniels had me laughing like a madman during the holidays. And now I need to make that album and that episode a holiday tradition. And thanks for the reply for my podcast production questions. May the force be with you too. Lie down, take your vitamins, and keep podcasting. Ha ha ha. Well, thank you so much, Green Jedi 44. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And thank you, everyone from all over the place that sent in all those incredible re- iTunes reviews. If you want to get yours read on an upcoming show, all you got to do is write a little something. And we'll do it. We'll read yours because we love reading them. We love getting them. And it helps the show in some mysterious way that nobody understands. Thank you. 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 Hi, J.J. Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. And these last points, too accurate for sand people, 
Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Check out our website, blastpointspodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you sign up for the Blast Point Super Chill Group. We say it every week, but all the best stuff is happening in the Super Chill Group. It's always the place to be. And if you want to support us in a different way, check out our Patreon over there. If you sign up on there on Patreon, you get... All of our bonus episodes we recorded, which there's a commentary for Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls, Star Crash. We got episodes about Marvel movies, Aquaman, and the incredible Starstruck, an apple pie store in space, 1979 TV pilot. You won't believe it. And yeah, all you got to do is sign up over there on Patreon to get all that hot stuff. And we got to give a shout out to our friend, uh, listener, Jeff. Jeff is doing a Comic-Con in Lansing, Michigan. So if you're near the Lansing area, you're going to want to put on your calendar September 21st at the Breslin Center on the campus of Michigan State University, the Cap City Comic-Con. You can find it online, capcitycomiccon.com. There's going to be some cool guests. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. It's a Comic-Con in Lansing. I mean, where were these things when we were growing up in Michigan? (laughs) We didn't have anything. They weren't in Lansing is where they were. <laughs> no. <laughs> they were elsewhere. But So, yeah, this is great. Yeah, check that. Jeff's a listener of the show, and he's putting that on. So go check it out if you're in the area and head over to his Comic-Con. But that about wraps up episode 171 here, looking back at Solo. Yeah, send us uh, your thoughts on Solo. It's a year later. Is uh, How is Solo settled in with you what are your favorite parts yeah we we want to know we want to know low <laughs> your thoughts on solo right do you want to watch it solo over and over again or are you solo over it you don't need to watch it anymore stay tuned next week it's gonna get ugly that's all we're saying <laughs> could get real ugly we're not joking but that wraps up this week thank you everybody for listening bye bye may the force be with you Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. Kevin Bacon in Animal House, he was like the cop and like when the parade, when all hell's breaking loose and he's like, remain calm. In Animal House? Was he like 10 years old in Animal House? He's that old? How old is Kevin Bacon? 60. Wow. Shame on me. I did not ever realize that Kevin Bacon was in Animal House. And I've seen Animal House lots of times. May the force be with all of you. Remain.
Remember the silo! 